Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate. Good morning, Dylan here. Welcome back to the More Than More podcast, and I'm sitting with uh, Mr. Chris Caramonte. Morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. You as well. Thank you. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful day. It's, it just keeps pretending that it's spring outside. It looks like it is, but it doesn't feel like it is. It's not quite there. Well, I'm, I'm ready. Are you? Yeah. This time yeah, of year, I get stir crazy. It's terrible. It, it seems like it drags out super long. Chris, you're actually Italian. I am. Yes. Chiaramonte. Yes. Okay. You just, I feel like you just realized this. Well, we've talked about it before, but I was practicing your name earlier. And yeah. I was just thinking. I, yep. I it's wish exactly how you'd say it. Chiaramonte. Yeah. Okay. And do you have, actually have like Italian fam, like first, second, third generation? Like Yeah. My grandpa was from Sicily. So, yep. So this is on my, uh, my bucket list right now. My wife yeah. and I are looking hard at uh, where we can be in Italy. And all we're doing is drinking Italian wine these days. Yeah. So we can It's a good it. place to go for Italian wine, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're trying to figure out the regions and understand Italian wine. So yeah. You're gonna, awesome. You're going to yeah. give, give me any insight later on? I, I got nothing. I, I, we want to go someday, but I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know anything about that country. Uh, it'd be hard for you to go with a six and a three-year-old, right? It would be. Yes. Um, Well, welcome. Uh, So for anyone that doesn't know, this is Mr. Chris Schiaramonte. Uh, You've been with us since 2016. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, But you you had a little bit of a stint elsewhere before that. I want to ask you about that in a minute. Well, you started at Colwell. Is that right? Yep. And that just a couple of years. Three three years. Three years at Colwell. And then you joined us. Um, Chris is a member of the Golden Circle. Uh, I think you had a pretty decent year last year. Yeah. for anyone that doesn't know, Chris and I like to debate politics and economics and yeah. religion. Those are like all the third rails other than, I think, yeah. Yeah. That's most of them. And skinny jeans. Skinny jeans is the other thing we like to debate. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good debate. Uh, and then you're a TikTok sensation, aren't you? Uh, something like that. Uh, that's what I've been told, even though uh, I, I haven't been putting out a lot of videos lately. But Why is that? Oh, they're just uh, mentally draining after a while when you put out I think I put out like it was something like 150 videos the first calendar year I did it and it's just not only sometimes running out of content but it just takes a lot out of you and so I go in periods of time now where I take breaks and then I'll get back into it so this is just a temporary break yeah for sure what's what's the draining part is it the the coming up with the ideas or the recording or did you batch them like what was your game yeah I need to batch them uh the the draining part is, yeah, it's it's coming up with the ideas, writing the scripts, and then the tedious editing process, I guess. Uh, I don't love that part of it. Because your stuff was pretty elaborate. I mean, it was like you talking to yourself. Right, and yes. the it, whole, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it takes, it just takes a lot of time. And when I start to get, you know, busy with the real job of, of this business, it, it's just harder to... You mean like actually representing clients and right, like right, negotiating yeah. deals and all that? Yes, it's harder to, to <clears throat> make, cut three to four hours out of my day to make write a script, make a video, edit the video. Well, whether that's Coles Notes, Popeyes, client parties, and all the other things, open houses, or creating video, at the end of the day, part of our job is making sure we're getting in front of people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... I'm excited for you to get back on your TikTok uh, yeah. I, bandwagon. I, it, it's been really great. And I, the main reason I started doing it was I back when COVID started, 
I was listening to Gary V all the time for some reason to the point where I feel like I, I felt like I knew this guy and I actually wrote him an email, like a personal email. It was really weird. I, I Did you send it? it? I sent it. Yeah, I sent it. Um, it was weird. I, I'm embarrassed to, to say it, but I, I basically just thanking him and because I felt like I had this personal connection with him from seeing him every single day, him getting beaten into my brain. And so I thought, well, if he can do that to me, why can't I do that to appraisers or, or clients? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Anybody. So that, that's, that's why I started doing the videos. We'll have to share that joke later so that people yeah. understand. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, I like that. Um, it's a, it's a, a thought leader, I guess, is what I call that. Yeah. That someone can own that piece of your mind, not by, they're not selling anything. They're just right. providing so much value yeah. that you feel like you know them. Right. My story like that was the, when I was uh, researching adventure vans. Uh, you remember this? Yes, I do. I was convinced I was going to go live in a van by the river. Yeah, which that's is fallen by the wayside, or are you? Uh, I'm taking a break for maybe four years till my kids are out of the house. Okay. And then Jen and I were going to move into a van. Okay. But for now, there's no room for the kids <laughs> in the van. And we're like, no, that's it's just premature. Yeah. But I'm researching all these vans, and I'm touring these facilities with the owners on YouTube. Yeah. And I, I meet the guy that does the upholstery and I meet the guy that like does the, the, the layouts of the floor plans. And, and you start to feel like, hey, I, I know these people. I feel like yeah. I'm connected to them. For sure. And there's all this value that you're getting. And so, I don't know, I, I, I'm not going to buy a van yet. But if I do, I know the people I'm buying it from because right. they provided me this whole like... It's an unexplainable connection. Yeah. Well, I think it's a very, very intentional and prudent marketing schematic. Yeah. Uh, there's a good book on this. They call it They Ask, You Answer. Have you read that? Uh, I feel like I've read part of that a yeah. long time ago. It's like but a, yes. about inbound marketing, basically. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, we got all technical there, but long story short is your TikToks are good and they're funny. Thank you. Funny's your thing? Yeah, I don't, I'm not real. I just don't like to do a lot of stuff that's real dry. I feel like there's enough of that out there that if I can make people laugh, it's just better. Well, then I think about some that you did, like your contract sales stuff on the whiteboard. I think right. it was contract sales. So it's either. It's a combination for sure. It, it's well, educational it or, or funny. And maybe they kind of overlap, I guess. So can I say though? You can say whatever you want. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I want to say cynical or not sarcastic, but like uh, controversial even. Like I. I think that's some of, which is smart because nobody needs to watch boring videos. So right. Humor is brilliant yep. and you've been really good at those. I mean, I think your biggest has been well over a million, right? Yeah, like uh, 2.8 million or something like that. That's a big number. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. I, I, I like to push the envelope maybe sometimes a little too far. Um, but if you're not pushing the envelope, I mean... If we're not, I like to think outside the box, push the envelope, and yeah, um, a lot of those have been good, and some of those have, have you know, come, maybe gone a little too far. Well, you poke you poke the bear here and yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, sure. But no, like when I think of even of your contract sale example, I think you weren't just saying here's the math, or like a lot of people are like, here's the market data, here's right. how many homes sold, here's how right. many homes are pending. There's no story and there's no challenge, and I think what people are looking for is well, what is the challenge or what is the question or what is the 
And I think that's what you do well in your, yeah. your storytelling. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Before TikTok, was there another space you were doing that? Is this natural to you or? No, no. It was really the first time I got on video, like I said, with the Gary Vee story. I hadn't been doing almost almost nothing on video until I started doing that after. You still listening to his stuff? Uh, every now and again. <clears throat> Some of it after you've listened to, you know, so much. It's, it's a lot so of it's many. repetitive, but yeah. Yeah. And there's just only so many F-bombs you can handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he likes to swear. Yeah, I, it, it bothers me. Okay, I mean, it bothers me, and then it doesn't bother me. Um, did you ever watch Tony Robbins has a special on Netflix? I'm not your guru. No. Uh, you should, because I'm not a Tony Robbins fan. I read his books. I like some yeah. of his concepts, but he's not my guy. He's not my guru. Yeah. Um, but I did watch this, and it's the first time they actually let people into his like seven day long seminars that people go to. Yeah, they pay yeah. ridiculous amounts of money. Right. And anyway, he curses up a storm in the seminars as well. Huh. And at first, it's very shocking because you don't think that he talks like that. And then he actually gets interviewed about it and he explains why he does it. Yeah. I'm not going to steal the thunder, but I'll check it out. I think you should. Yeah. It was insightful. Interesting. Um, okay. So maybe we'll come back to TikTok because I, that is. Again, that's just something I think you bring to the table that you've done particularly well at. Why don't we just start here, though? How's how's twenty three kicking off for you? Uh, pretty good. I mean, it it was. I mean, I think my story in the last three to four months is probably similar to most agents, but end of last year, kind of getting a little nervous about things, um, shutting down. Um, I wasn't shutting down, but clients were shutting me down. Uh, just because of the rates and everything. And then, you know, once it, we got through the new year, the rates kind of have stayed the same for a certain period of time. It's felt more down. of a normal selling, buying and selling environment. You feel like buyers have uh, gotten used to 6% interest rates? Almost, yeah. It, I mean, if they've been looking, you know, I don't, I haven't worked with any buyers who, cut off their search last spring. I think that's probably a shock, but um, most of the buyers I've been working with who were looking last spring and looked through the fall and now they're looking again this spring, they're, they're used to it for sure. I think maybe the big question is, are they coming back down? And that most people have figured out isn't the case. So right. that yeah. sticker shock that happened middle of lot, well, end of last year, right? Like yeah. October. Fall. Yeah. I mean, it was yep. notable. Right. And I think in history, the steepest increase in terms of like how it would quickly. would have to be, right? Yeah. It's not the largest change, but it's yeah. the largest change in the, in the shortest amount of time. Right. So I think then the natural thought is, well, holy cow, this is a lot more money. <clears throat> but then yeah. the second thought is, well, I don't want to have to buy at these rates if there's a chance they come back down. I think where everyone's at now is it's like, okay, this is the new reality. Yep. And to be honest, it's not a bad reality. It's... yeah. 6% is still relatively affordable money. Yeah. When you consider, like, um, you, you, you do not get 6% interest rates in South Africa. Let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think people are, are getting used to things. Um, uh, go back to your, your, just, I want to remember. So you started again in 2012, uh, February 2012. Three years. Or 13. Coldwell. Yes. You join us in 16. Um, just talk us through kind of that trajectory. Like, how's your business growing over that? How many years is that now? Uh, ten, this is my starting my 11th year wow. uh, in February. So did, did I miss your anniversary? Uh, your, your 10 years? Probably. Huh. Yeah. It was actually, it might be this week. So Okay, then I didn't miss it. Yeah. 
Uh, but trajectory. Yeah. How did, um, how did it start? How did it build? Where are you at now? You tell the story. Yeah. So Coldwell, I just kind of happened there. I didn't interview anywhere else. I was there because of someone else that had worked there and mm-hmm. kind of got me into the business. Um, and the mindset there was more, um, it was, it was very, it was very salesy, um, which works really well for a lot of people, uh, like, uh, cold calling, um, for sale by owners, that sort of stuff. That's uh, not your thing. Though. It's not, it's not. You and actually hate that. I mean, I do. Um, and, and I could do that stuff and I, I guess I, I, thought that it was the only way to do stuff uh-huh. um, just because I, I knew nothing else. So um, I, you know, I got into the business because of this person, this person came over to our, this company here and I came as well. Um, not knowing a lot about, <laughs> excuse me, about the company and you get emotional um, thinking about coming here. <laughs> so choked up. <laughs> um, but learning over time that it, it's, you don't have to do all of the, you know, um, you don't have to be a salesman, so to speak, to, to do this business well. Yeah. Uh, and it's taken a lot of time to un- undo some of that stuff. Not that the stuff that was being taught was was necessarily bad. It just wasn't me, like it you wasn't, said. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are you focusing on? I mean, TikTok we talked about, but TikTok is just a, a yeah. platform. What you're it doing is. there is good marketing. You're creating top of mind awareness. Like your, your target audience I mean, when you have 2.8 million views, you don't know 2.8 million people. So I'm guessing a lot of those are just strangers. Yep. But you're just creating general brand awareness. Like you said, uh, like Gary V did to you, you're providing value and insight. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm guessing your principal target audience is just people here you know, right? Right. Yeah. And so with that, with that undoing, I, we talk a lot about this here, but the, the transactional versus relational mindset. Mm -hmm. I, I had that for so long. And then even when I came over here, I, I did a lot of um, colder leads with Zillow um, and just kind of got, both got burnt out of that. And j- the age of my kids, it was harder to, to jump out on nights and weekends. Because you got to drop what you're doing when right. those leads show up. Yeah, every time, um, no matter what you're doing or you're losing yourself money. So um, I, I said, let's just do away with that for now and try to completely shift things and do this relational mindset that you guys have been preaching here for so long that I've kind of pushed against for well, a long time. Can you dig into that? Why would you push against that? Like what's the, what's the rebuttal? Um, I guess the main reason was I, I built my business without it. So I was like, if I can do it without this, you know, doing it more transactional and I can sell plenty of houses, why would I, why would I change it up? Why would I change? Why would I, what? Why would I get warm fuzzy? Why, like what's, yeah. Yeah. Is that what that is? Right. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I'm, I've found so far with, um, with changing it up that it's just been, it's a lot better way to run my business. So you're spending less time on online leads yeah. and stuff like that? Almost no. Where's time. most of your business coming from? Uh, referral at this point. Um, which was also a scary thought because um, because I wasn't doing those relational client care needs, I wasn't getting nearly the amount of referrals that I probably would have otherwise been getting. And so it was like, do I do I turn off this online lead generation thing and 
actually try to do it? Will it actually happen? And so far it has. So it's, it's been okay. When did this shift happen in your thinking? Cause I mean, I remember just a couple, three years ago, yeah. I think you were still wrestling through whether you should keep spending a lot of money on yeah. online lead generation. Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was probably two years ago. Back to Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> Around that time. Yeah. Uh, just the thought of uh, somebody had said, what, what would happen if Zillow went away? Mm. And I didn't, it was like a terrifying thought at the time. Cause I, I looked at what percentage of my business was coming from there and it was, it was astronomical. And so, uh, the thought of that imploding, not that it, it is anytime soon, but just, I, I needed to run a sustainable business for myself that couldn't be affected by these outside factors. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of the shift that's been made. And my wife has come on board here in the last oh, nine months or so. And she's really helped expedite all of that stuff that I had been kind of putting off for a long well, time. She's certainly the yin to your yang. <laughs> yeah, yin. for sure. And so helping organize the business yeah. and put some systems in place, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 We're, we're very excited to have her on board to help you out. Yeah, for sure. No, but that's music to my ears. And like you said, we preach this, this has kind of been our thing from day one. And we just drink that Kool-Aid. Yeah. We believe in a relational approach and building up our referral, but you're not, you're not a unique story. A lot of people who started their business depending on more transactional, uh, traditional lead generation, yeah. it takes a while. And there's like a confidence thing where, you know, there's a bunch of people here running their business by referral, but to actually believe that yours can cross to that other side. So to hear that you're there right now, that's super exciting. Yeah. I don't have a choice. So I, I'm here. <laughs> but your approach to that isn't maybe as a lot of people, it's very calls, notes, Popeyes, I'm yeah. just touching base with people. That's, you're still a converter at heart. Yeah. And so your approach to that is more through the marketing channel than top of mind awareness yeah. with the people. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. And I'm definitely, um, I'm originally when I made this, this decision to do this, it, it has been more of the passive uh, top of mind awareness, but slowly I've gotten into more of the calls, notes, pop buys space. Look at you. Um, and that's again, been a lot because of my wife, but uh, she's, is she forcing you? Is it a challenge? Is it, it, it she's yes, it is. <laughs> it, it, yes. And no, um, she's, I'm, I'm calling her my client care coordinator because there was just, I took good care of my clients when we did the deal and I kept in touch with them loosely, but there was no system in place to actually take care of my clients yep. after the transaction. And so it's, it's just been a lot of, like you said, building up systems. Um, and, and now that we got some of those systems built, I can see how it's, it, it's actually easy to do the calls, notes, pop buys. Whereas before it was this thing that was like impossible for me to ever achieve. That thing, I don't know what it is for you, but what I see and have seen for 20 years is the thing is that when you have a transactional mindset about communication with clients, when we think that what we're doing when we call clients is trying to make them buy or sell something, right? then that's the framework through which we imagine the phone call. Mm -hmm. But when we, if we can shift out of that into, no, 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 this is someone who bought a house. They deserve to hear from me once in a while to make sure things are good and to see if there's anything I can be doing to help them, yeah. even if they're not looking to make a move all of a sudden the nature of the phone call changes in our thinking. It, yeah. to, to me, it seems like the barrier is very, very psychological and philosophical. Yep. And if we can wake up in the morning and go, no, no, people, Gary V, like you weren't buying anything from him. Were you paying for that content? No. But he was providing it because 
of, well, what I talked about in They Ask You Answer. If we can create value for the people in our worlds, whether they're transacting with us or not, right. when it's time to transact, you're the person they're going to pick. Yeah. I, I love yeah. how that came about, came around there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gary sure. V for you and Adventure Vans for me. <laughs> um, no, that's really good. And I'm excited to hear that. And again, thanks, Sarah. We'll, uh, yeah, I yeah. will. Okay. I was thinking her right there. I'm hoping she's, she's going to hear this one. Um, so that's really good. So lead sources have shifted. Um, are, are you doing anything in the online lead generation space? I'm kind of curious. No, not right now. Nothing. Do you have any insecurities about the fact that for a long time you've been spending money with Zillow and other mm -hmm. places? Uh, yeah, there's insecurities, but, um, I mean, like I said, I'm, I've kind of dove in at this point. And you made so, the decision. Yeah. So, so what's I, next then? Like what, what is the focus, um, in terms of building your business? Yeah. The relational way. Like where do you go now? Um, because I haven't done this for super long. It's just about for me about getting consistent with it. Um, and so I don't have any grand plan, um, so to speak, but I just want to be able to, because I, you know, there's been points in my business where I've been able to, to get better at this and be better at this. And then all of a sudden you get busy, it goes away. You stop taking care of your clients because you have to take care of these clients over here. So, um, just be able to sustain client care through busy seasons. Yep. Um, yeah, for a couple years. Well, a part of that has to be getting to the point that you do what you've done, which is bring on additional support. Yeah. Because at some point, if you've got a whole bunch of clients in the pending phase, inspection phase, right. whatever, you have to divert your attention. Yeah. And somehow we have to keep the communication and value going out to everybody else. And yep. I know how at your volume that can't be done by one person. Yeah. So. And it wasn't being because it, it couldn't have been. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Um. So I guess I'm just kind of curious, maybe on the client side, uh, it's been a, we talked about rates. It's been a weird several months. What are you seeing out in the marketplace right now? Like what are your buyers and sellers experiencing? I'm just looking for your take on where we're at and maybe how you're guiding people at this point, like advice for buyers and sellers. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd heard someone else say this, but it feels like it's both a buyer's and seller's market at the same time. It's bizarre. It's, it's so strange. It's like the... Obviously, the crazy seller's market last year and then the pretty intense buyer's market in the fall, winter when it got up to 8%. And now it's right in between. And so both these sides are both thinking they can sell for top dollar and they can, you know, buy at a deal. And it's, it's really weird. Yeah, so just for anyone that hasn't been a part of the conversation, explain that again one more time. Why, why is it a seller's market right now? Why is it a buyer's market right now? Well, inventory is still really low, um, and um, so, and we're getting into the season where more buyers are coming out. So it's um, there. That's the reason that it's the seller's market. There's demand. There's demand. And there's not yes. a lot to buy. Yes, yes. Um, but the mindset is still that prices have had gotten too high, that rates had gotten too high, and so there's there's also you know a, a buyer's mentality of well. I should get a deal now because yeah. I'm, you know, the, my rate's higher and the price is higher. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's the defining attribute of this particular season of real estate. And I'm sure we've seen stuff like this before, but it certainly is unique uh, yeah. to what we've seen for the last decade. And 
and it's almost like a cold front, right? Like he's got these two parties, yeah. both of them feel empowered in various ways. And that's why we're seeing so many deals fall apart mid mid. And yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I, I, I think this year so far I've had four fall apart. Um, Pending phase. Yeah. Which yeah. last year, maybe the whole year I had four fall apart. So, uh, it, are you saying you've already had four? Yes. I've had four this in year. February. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good, <laughs> Dylan. Uh, well, maybe for the it, clients maybe either, I'm right? doing something wrong, but, uh, yeah, no, it's not. Um, it, it's just, since I got in this business, there was always a defining, like when I got in, it was certainly a buyer's market when, and then, you know, 2015, 16, it's been a seller's market really ever since then until aggressively. So aggressively. So yes, yeah. until this fall. And now, yeah, both, both parties feel like they're, you know, where, uh, where is it headed then? Um, I mean, do you see it shifting in some, I mean, you've, you're a guy that, well, we were talking about this earlier. I think you have interesting insights. I think you see the world through slightly different lenses. You sometimes have a cynical approach to things that, which means you, you question the way things people assume that they are. Yeah. And you're pretty innovative in your thinking. So, I mean, yeah. we were talking about you were doing a podcast before podcasts were a thing. And yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm interested in your insights. Um, what, how do you think this then shifts in the next several months, years? I mean, are we headed to a place where it is going to become a, a buyer's market then or? That, that would be my opinion. Um, I don't see how that can happen with inventories the way they are at mm. five, 6% interest rates. Um, even if the rates stay the same, if that inventory comes up, um, with the prices having gone up as high as they have, my opinion would be that prices have to come down, but, um, they also have from last spring already. So, I mean, some, in some markets they've come down a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Locally, it doesn't seem like there's been much of a correction. Not a, at not all. a ton, but yeah. But your viewpoint, cause I mean, uh, let me say that maybe the prevailing opinion at least within our walls yeah is with the inventory where it is right buyers are used to six percent and five is probably where we're going to be at for a lot of yeah. loans this year there's no change major downward correction coming in prices you might say that you think that there still is yeah and i don't know that it'll impact i don't think that everybody always goes to 2008 and i don't think it's anything drastic yeah, or, yeah. but when you go up 30 or 40% or whatever it was in a three-year period. Yeah, because um, it's two or three years in a row of high teens to 20% right. appreciation. Yeah. It just feels like you've got to correct some of that back down to make it so that people can still afford houses. Yeah. Um, yeah, or they're just going to have to learn to buy a little less house. Yeah, which, which might be the case. Which is starting to become the case a little bit because, I mean, things got out of whack. People were expecting to buy $400,000 starter homes. Yeah. And I yes. think that's a societal problem and everyone needs to wake up and go, okay, hold on. Like it's a starter home. Maybe I need right. to slow down. Yeah. When you had 2% interest rates, it was a little easier as well to buy that $400,000 starter home. I, I remember those times. Those were good times. Yes, they were. <clears throat> yeah. I, and I think we all need to get to the point that we just flush that. That's not coming back. Right. And it, it prep, it really, it should never have been a thing. Yeah. It was a mistake. I think after about another year or so, people will understand that it's not coming back and it'll become more of a normal mm. thing. Um, okay. Uh, just, uh, I guess we only got a few more minutes here. I, I guess I'm kind of curious. What would you say? I enjoy asking this question. It puts people on the spot, but what, what do you think you're doing well in your business that others could learn from or? Hmm. Yeah, I don't love that. 
No, I, I knew you wouldn't. Yeah, these on-the-spot questions are just well, the worst. You're, um, you're, you're humble, but I mean, what are you doing well? It's nothing that we haven't already discussed, but I, I do think it's super important to be in front of people. Um, and you can be the best at this job that you could possibly be, but if nobody really sees you or, or knows it, they're not going to use you to buy and sell real estate. So, um, and inversely, some of, you can be the worst agent out there, but if you're getting your name out there, which is why, you know, sometimes realtors don't have the best reputation because um, there's a lot of a lot of agents out there. But, um, yeah, I, I think just taking care of people. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm, I've gotten to a point where it's kind of uh, running itself and I think I, I've, I'm doing well at it. Um, I just did a, I have no idea if it's going to work or not, but just, <laughs> just did a, a, a mass mailer to my neighborhood, um, 1200 market, basically market reports to mm-hmm. my neighborhood. So I want to see over time, Define market report. Real quick. Uh, it's not. It's not a speci- how specific, but it gives market data okay. on the neighborhood, not the city, but the, our actual neighborhood. Um, and so, hopefully, providing value with that, whether it's monthly or quarterly, um, it's just hard to know how long to do something for before it's not working. But um, twice as long as you think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where I've struggled in in this business for the 10 years is I always love doing new and innovative things. Um, and then I always quit too early. So, uh, we'll see what, what comes of that. I don't know if, I don't know if that's something I'm doing well or not yet. It's to be determined. Well, you, you already know my take on some of that. I, in the environment that we're in with how much change has occurred, how many people's heads are spinning. Anyone that owns real estate is wondering, okay, hold on. Did my home go down? If they're watching their estimate, they've seen it go down. Right. Um, there's just a lot of interesting media out there from day to day. I can't think of a more valuable thing to be doing than reaching out to people and making sure that they're informed on what's happened in their neighborhood. Yeah. And I think they may not be asking the question, but if someone's proactively providing that information to them, that's the most valuable thing I think we can be doing to, I was going to say buyers and sellers, but just homeowners, our friends and family, the people we know. Yeah. Um, and it just takes me all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. That's, that's, they ask you answer. That's Gary V that's inbound marketing. That's being a thought leader. Yeah. And my, my favorite marketing book, I think I've told you this, it's, uh, this is marketing by Seth Godin. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of people read it and they're like, I don't know what he said. I don't, I'm not sure if he said anything <laughs> that profound. It's just a bunch of gibberish, but inside that book, I think it's just the most profound marketing principle. It's just. You don't have to be all things to all people. Find the people you're obsessed about serving. Find out what their problems, concerns, thoughts, hopes, dreams are, and build solutions for them. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what Gary is doing in his marketing. I think it's what you're doing by providing that kind of information. And so, um, and you're right. Your your uh, inclination is always to start new things. So I would yeah. suggest you stick with that. And I really hope you stick with the TikTok thing because yeah. I think uh, we can all use a little yeah. humor and insight. Yeah, appreciate it. This is the year of YouTube as well. I'm going to try to branch out into into the YouTube space a little bit. You want to give a nugget on why YouTube now? YouTube seems not yesterday, but a uh, very different medium. I, I guess one, the main reason is is very simple for me. I Googled where I live, Urbandale, Iowa, something like that. Urbandale, Iowa real estate on YouTube. 
And what comes up is almost nothing. Mm. And so I, it's not edited yet, but I had, I paid to have a professional video done of, uh, my neighborhood, me going around to my neighborhood and, and telling different things as like an introduction to this area. Um, and I, I don't know how many people are going to watch that, but it, there's just a lot of opportunity where people haven't educated people on YouTube uh, about real estate. I, I mean, it's that simple, I guess. Um, Pantana, when he was here, Jason Pantana yeah, was yeah, very mentioned right. this notion. And yeah. It, yeah. And again, I hate to sound repetitive, but it comes back to the same idea, like be the local market expert. Right be the thought leader in whatever it is your people, your target audience are having questions or concerns about. So. Yeah. And so that's where I'm trying to go with everything we've talked about is to be the local thought leader in my neighborhood area. And YouTube um, is a more evergreen or a sustainable context for that delivery. Right. No one's searching for TikTok videos. Right, exactly. But, but they can search for YouTube in whatever neighborhood. Right. And by the way, where are you focusing your attention? In Urbandale. Yeah, a certain area is in Urbandale. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love it. I'll be looking for the YouTube videos. Yeah. Super quick. Any big challenges you're facing now? Well, deals falling through. That's the big one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it may be a little anecdotal right now, but um, it does just seem like every, every transaction, both sides are just a little on edge with. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's tension. Yeah. More tension than normal. Well, and it's been that way. I feel like, I mean, this is market specific right now, buyers and sellers, but there's just tension in our well, yeah. Freaking nation. And it doesn't world. help. So everyone's on edge already. Yeah. And then it's winter. <clears throat> yeah. Everyone's got the February blues. I know I do. Yeah, I do as well. <laughs> yeah. I need to go to Florida. We're going to Arizona next week. So hopefully we get some, some of that cured. I feel like the more people I talk to, well, more people than ever before seem to be intentionally getting out of town during winter when they can. Yeah. I'm not sure if COVID did that for us or... If we're just, I want to do it every year now, if it, as long as I'm able to, just because uh, it's it gets rough here. Uh, we just need some sun. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, good. Arizona next week. Yep. Taking the family, the kids. Yeah. Yep. And what's the plan? You gonna go hike a mountain? We don't have any plans, which is that's the plan. Maybe good and bad, but uh, yeah, no plans right now. We're Where just are you gonna, going? Uh, it's right outside of Phoenix area, Gilbert. Okay. So yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah. I'll keep working on my. Uh, Italy plans. Yeah. I think I'm a year out, but <laughs> oh, that'll be awesome. I'll look forward to insights. If you wouldn't mind, just uh, put them in TikTok form. Okay. So I can I'll do that. And I'll send you that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for, thanks for coming in. What's, uh, what's, for what's next for you today? Oh, I, uh, I haven't gotten that far. This is as far as I planned today. So that sounds <laughs> like a killer Friday. It's so killer. Okay. Thanks again. Good stuff. <laughs> thanks. Thank you for joining us today for more episodes, resources, and show notes. Head to more than more podcast.com. <laughs>